Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome back everyone. Thank you for joining us for season three, Different Paths, One User Experience, episode four, a conversation with instructional designer, Monique St. Paul. Hello UX is a user-focused podcast aimed to help those pivoting into UX design. We're here to empower designers and help those transitioning into the UX field by providing education, resources, and a platform to talk about their experiences. Come because you're curious, stay to be empowered. Angelina, I was so looking forward to this interview, having an instructional designer. I think I've been very curious myself as to what it is that they do and what does that path look like, you know, going into instructional design. But one of the things I wanted to know is how did you meet Monique? Oh, goodness. Monique and I have known each other since high school. Uh, chemistry class, actually. Shout out oh. to possible high school. Uh, yeah, no, we met and we... We haven't gotten rid of each other yet. <laughs> I think you have that effect on people. Mm-hmm. I try. I try. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. And, you know, I keep, I think only within the past year, I've seen more job descriptions for instructional designer. I feel like it really has kind of catapult to those careers that people are seeking others, you know, to come fill in that role. I don't know about what your experience has been in that regard. I think that as UX keeps maturing and maturing, we're finding out that there are different paths as ties into our season this right now. It's that there are so many different little ways that everybody can make a difference, but it's not one way. There's so right. many different ways that people can contribute to UX. And I think that's why specialties like instructional design and content writer and all those kinds of things are are making their way up to the surface because people are seeing the differences and the need for these very specialties in this one ecosystem that we live in. Right, right. Well, I'm looking forward to the interview and I know all our hellodies are as well. But first, a word from this episode sponsor. Hellodies, does taking time for yourself feel like a big thing you have to do? There needs to be candles or that it needs to be social media worthy. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be. I recently fell in love with this company called Palermo Body because of how they've changed the way I'm fitting time for myself into my routine. Palermo wants to change everyone's perception of self-care with 100% natural ingredient product. My favorite two products are the coffee scrub and body oil. And you have to read the ingredient list to believe it yourself. There are no fillers, no chemically sounding ingredients, just real 100% derived oils, butters, and plants. My jaw dropped when I first read it. I love using their products because the extra moments I take for myself when I'm using them are so easy to fit into a packed day, but they really center me. And meanwhile, my skin just loves the ingredients. I'm such a convert. Pelotes, we'd love to convert you too. Palermo has given us an awesome discount just for our listeners. Enter Helodes one at checkout to receive 10% off. So head to palermobody.com, grab a few soaps. I love their soaps too. And enter Helodes one at checkout. You will be so happy to create your own routine with Palermo. Offer valid June 6th to July 8th, 2022. 
Elodis, soundness on the mission to find the sweet and unsweetened by making sparkling drinks that taste fantastic and give you peace of mind. They combine bright organic sparkling bubbles with bold botanicals and tea to create drinks unlike others you have seen or tasted before. Flavors that are fun and unique than traditional sparkling waters, like blueberry with cinnamon and hibiscus tea and grapefruit with lavender and ginger tea. They offer both caffeine and caffeine-free options, making them perfect for any time of day. Need an afternoon pick-me-up? Well, head over and try their tangerine, lemongrass, and green tea sparkling water. One more amazing thing about Sound is that their cans are BPA-NI. And so remember, tea yes, sugar never. Simply head over to drinksound.com. And at checkout, use promo code HELLOTIS1 to get 20% off your order. Offer valid from June 6th to July 8th, 2022. Monique St. Paul currently works as a training program specialist. She's formerly worked as an instructional designer, focusing on applying learning theory and game design to virtual reality training. She is a co-host of Intersections in Learning and Development, a webcast hosted by the Training, Learning and Development community. Monique's leadership facilitation and public speaking experience help her craft engaging curriculum for her learners. Monique holds a master's degree in communication management with a concentration in learning and development from the University of Denver. She received her bachelor's degree in communications from Roger Williams University. She serves as president of the ATD Southern Connecticut chapter. Welcome, Monique. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Angelina. Thanks for having me. It's delightful. Oh, I like that. Delightful. Oh, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Can you walk us through your journey into UX design and then your focus into instructional design? I can explain my how I worked. (laughs) I'll give you that. (laughs) I'll, I'll say that. So my background is in marketing. That's what I got my undergraduate degree in. And I think you can't understand user experience or user design if you don't understand marketing in very many ways. And I think I took that with me when I started to become into the learning and development space. So I worked as a marketer for about 10 years and then I found that I was in several leadership positions and I wanted to do more of that and help people understand learning and work with them to feel better about themselves, whether that be in their career or how they believe themselves or, and by that, I mean, combating things like uh, imposter syndrome. And I thought this could be a job. (laughs) And in my master's program, yeah, I was introduced to ATD, which is the Association for Talent Development. And really that's about helping people in any which way in their career uh, grow and empower themselves. And from there, I ended up in a position, I ended up as an instructional designer. And in that role, I was able to sort of look at how to create training and how do you develop things for people. And in doing that, I figured out that there's something to making things simple. You know, you hear a lot about Steve Jobs and how Apple's like clean cut design, perfect, and, you know, don't have to think about it. And that's what I really think about in sort of user design and user experience is that they shouldn't have to think about what they're doing. And in training, it's no different. You shouldn't come in and have an expectation. I should surprise you and it should be an elegant surprise. And that's as simple as when you walk into the door, having your name tag there, having you not to wonder where you're supposed to be or where you're supposed to sit. And learning and development encompasses all of that. And it's been very delightful to use my word again, to just 
create spaces for people to feel comfortable, to feel challenged, to feel vulnerable. And that's a long-winded answer, but I think anytime you can make someone walk in and have it be intuitive to what they're expecting and or to delight them and to help them feel comfortable so that they're open to whatever you're teaching them, then that's what user experience or user design is for me. Excellent. Now, you mentioned you have a marketing background. How do you think your marketing background informed what you were doing and what you're continuing to do? I think it's definitely helped because I had to understand a customer and I've had to understand what's going to get them to buy. And I don't think that's any different of what you're trying to get someone to do, whether you're trying to help them learn or have them open a package or build a piece of furniture. I think you have to understand the way that they have to think. You have to anticipate what they're going to think. So for instance, I remember watching something about how they build hotel furniture and they thought you're not going to use it the way they want to. You're going to do crazy things. You're going to sit on it. You're going to stand on it. You're going to put your bag on it. You're going to put your children on it. There's going to be dance parties. And so they have to anticipate that you're going to do that. And I think having a marketing background not only gives you an understanding of who your customer is, but then how you can pitch that idea to that person. Uh, what are the other ways that I can use this? What are the ways that are not the simple ways of doing it? What can I do there? And sort of, I think of silly things. My swell bottle could be something that I drink, but it could also be a weapon if you ever held that thing full. And <laughs> that's true. Those things are heavy. Those things are really heavy. And that's not how swell is marketing it. I'm not saying that, but just trying to think of the three-in-one uses, the one-stop shops. Like, what is the way that this could be useful to me in my everyday life for the problem I'm trying to solve? But then in addition to that, what is the other use I might find it for that I didn't even realize was a problem in my life that you've now fixed for me? Love that. That is so true. The three-in-one or the one-stop shop. Um, swell as a weapon. That's great. Oh, um, it's swell, it's we love you. Yeah. <laughs> swell, we love you. We're not saying that to use it as a weapon, but hey, if you need to, you can go ahead and do that. Um, so you mentioned you're a part of ATD. Currently the president of ATD. I am currently the president. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes, I've been doing it for the last two years and I was on the board a year prior to that as the marketing director. Excellent. Now, what other ways are you staying relevant in your field? I'm a big old nerd and by the... (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is for nerds, so welcome. That's okay. In the L&D community, so I won't pretend that I'm I'm part of other communities at the moment, but, well, I, I have, I guess. So, and this is terrible for Toastmasters right now, but Toastmasters was one of organizations that I, I was part of as a public speaker, as a communications major, like I said before, or you gave in my bio. And there are so many people who are nervous about speaking and Toastmasters gets that out of you, shakes it out. I had a fantastic um, membership club in Norwalk, Connecticut. So shout out to them because it was one of the most welcoming groups that I've ever, I've ever had and sort of drops the defenses of people and allows you to speak eloquently about a subject, help organize it. So that's one. ATD is the other. That has been an organization that across the board has continued to surprise me. It has done wonders for my career, just in the people that I've met and who have been able to be mentors to me and the jobs that I have been able to get out of it as a result of knowing people and just really just networking is a fantastic way to go about it. And then I do the podcast or webcast, if you want to call it that, Intersections and Learning with TLDC. And 
That's another community that I've been part of. I recently spoke at a conference for the Learning Guild, and that was a fantastic opportunity because I've never had to do it. I've never had to speak professionally. And this, I didn't have to. This is something I signed up for. Right. <laughs> did it to yourself. I, I definitely did it to myself. And as I sat there trying to go through my presentation, I thought, what was I thinking? And then I sat in a room of other people and I thought they want to learn what I know. And I gave them as much information as I could and getting people to start thinking their own things and what it triggers for them is really why I'm there. But those are the biggest things. I listen to podcasts whenever possible across across the board. I've listened to UX stuff. I've listened to virtual reality podcasts. It's a, a big, big old nerdy thing. I, I read the association magazines that are sent for Toastmasters and for ATD and books that come across. And if there's a free book that someone's just doing, why not enter it and see if you learn anything out of it? I like talking to people, so... That's why you're getting long-winded answers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can just let you talk and you can just do the whole thing. I don't even have to ask questions. You answer my questions before I even ask them. I love it. It's crazy. I'm on the other side. I, I usually am the person asking the questions. So this is a little different. Right. So, you know, as you're working through APD and doing conferences and Toastmasters, um, you mentioned your marketing background. Any advice you would give someone trying to break into instructional design? I would say for anyone, regardless of what they're doing, if someone says that they're willing to help you, trust them. And they're not saying it because they owe you anything. They're saying it because they want to share their expertise. So that would be my first thing. Don't be afraid to connect with people. I have randomly listened to podcasts and then reached out to the person on LinkedIn to say I liked them and ended up with products because they're like, hey, I need someone to beta test. And since you bothered to reach out to me, do this. And then I then use that to get something else later. And I don't mean like from them, I mean, use it because, oh, hey, I thought of this great thing. I should use this as part of my workshop. And then I get to spread that with somebody else. So I would say definitely that, but also with instructional design, I would argue creativity is the best thing that you could use. Don't think that you have to do it the same way that it's always been done. Actually go the opposite of that. You're going to use it as your foundation, certainly, but use creativity to make it a little bit different. So it's the equivalent of going to like an artisan pizza place and having a different topping on it. It's it's still pizza, right? It's all food mm-hmm. and something that everybody knows about. But the way that you craft that experience for them, whether it's the way that it's shaped or the way that you dip oil on it or you have to dab it in something, that's the part that makes it different. And I think in instructional design and in training in general, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that little oomph, that little extra, I know what this is, but there's just something about this particular taste that I want. And you push it, you push their boundaries, you push the way that they're thinking. And that's that's the way that I, I look at it anyway, what's helped. Now, can you, you mentioned creativity. I know a lot of people think creativity is just, you know, artistry or like they think automatically think of like painting or drawing or things like that. Um, But creativity can be so many things. Can you explain a little bit what you meant in your context of creativity? I think it depends on who you are as a person. So I am not a visual person. So painting and all of that goes out the window. And I know many people would say everybody can draw. And I actually talked to a graphic designer who's just like, we're taught, you know, after a certain age that you're not a good color or designer or whatever, and that you should just stick to certain things. But realistically, people enjoy 
just having fun. And that's what creativity really is, is just enjoying yourself, whatever that might be. And thinking of new ways to do something. I worked with our postdoc residents yesterday with a game called Code Names. And it's an interesting game because you get a selection of words and you have to figure out how to connect it to one word to get everybody to guess what those other words are. Mm-hmm. And we laughed because it probably took 20 minutes for them to understand how to play the game. And they're like, we have all these high complex you know, cases all day helping people. And then at the same time, they can't figure out how to play a kid's game. But the reason I bring that is because you have to start thinking of like how to get other people to, to think the way that you think and to think outside of the box. And so how does the word ocean connect to the word, you know, port? And that's that's a pretty easy one. But like giving time to to think about how you can bridge stuff for people is the way that I look at creativity. And how do you connect to people who may not have seen each other eye to eye, but have this common bond because of this particular thing, whatever it may be. That's fantastic. I like that explanation because it's it's creativity can be so many different things to so many different people. And I really like the way you explain that. Um, Thank you. In your context. That's why you do what you do. Right. <laughs> of course, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, I. It's, if you were to ask me, I wouldn't say I was creative at all. But I, I also know that I'm full of bananas. And <laughs> part of that is just, I think I look at other people and see what they're able to create. And I think you're always looking at what you're unable to do as opposed to what you're able to do. And I don't think talking to people is a big deal. That's normal for me. That's what I went to school for. (laughs) On the opposite side, though, I'm doing this and love doing the podcast, but I public speaking scares the living daylights out of me, as you know. I encourage you to keep doing it. Yeah. Full disclosure, Monique and I know each other for years. (laughs) We have. Yes, we have known each other for a long time, but I'm pretending to be professional for a few moments, at least for this cast. We're trying to keep it together. We're trying to keep it together. Okay, now we'll come to a break and we'll hear a word from a sponsor. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. everyone. Now a word from this episode's sponsors. Elodis, soundness on the mission to find the sweet and unsweetened by making sparkling drinks that taste fantastic and give you peace of mind. They combine bright organic sparkling bubbles with bold botanicals and tea to create drinks unlike others you have seen or tasted before. Flavors that are fun and unique than traditional sparkling waters like blueberry with cinnamon and hibiscus tea and grapefruit with lavender and ginger tea. They offer both caffeine and caffeine-free options making them perfect for any time of day. Need an afternoon pick-me-up? 
Well, head over and try their tangerine, lemongrass, and green tea sparkling water. One more amazing thing about Sound is that their cans are BPA-NI. And so remember, TS sugar never. Simply head over to drinksound.com and at checkout, use promo code HELLOTIS1 to get 20% off your order. Offer valid from June 6th to July 8th, 2022. HELLOTIS, does taking time for yourself feel like a big thing you have to do? There needs to be candles or that it needs to be social media worthy. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be. I recently fell in love with this company called Palermo Body because of how they've changed the way I'm fitting time for myself into my routine. Palermo wants to change everyone's perception of self-care with 100% natural ingredient product. My favorite two products are the coffee scrub and body oil. And you have to read the ingredient list to believe it yourself. There are no fillers, no chemically sounding ingredients, just real 100% derived oils, butters, and plants. My jaw dropped when I first read it. I love using their products because the extra moments I take for myself when I'm using them are so easy to fit into a packed day, but they really center me. And meanwhile, my skin just loves the ingredients. I'm such a convert. Hello, We'd love to convert you too. Palermo has given us an awesome discount just for our listeners. Enter HelloDies1 at checkout to receive 10% off. So head to palermobody.com, grab a few soaps, I love their soaps too, and enter HelloDies1 at checkout. You will be so happy to create your own routine with Palermo. Offer valid June 6th to July 8th, 2022. Public speaking to me is the scariest thing. I know you've encouraged me to try Toastmasters. Still (laughs) on my list of things to do. Thinking of kind of the creativity and the marketing background that you mentioned, do you think that any, that marketing or any other particular backgrounds lend themselves more or less to instructional design? Or is it just kind of like everyone's experience is valid and we should all take in the different perspectives and that way we can all kind of take something outside of the box? Interestingly enough, I think it all helps. And I think having broad experiences certainly assist you in instructional design. It depends on the type of designer that you are. What I mean by that is what is your role in the organization? If you're a freelancer, you have to do it all. You Mm -hmm. have to do the business end of it, the marketing end of it, creating the course, facilitating the course. All of those are very different skills and not everybody is good at all of them. And so I would say if you're going to be an instructional designer, figure out what part of that puzzle really works for you. I really love what now I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here, so I apologize. Now do it. it, There's something called the needs assessment. So which is when you're figuring out what the problem is within the organization, what you're trying to solve for. That's my jam because I'm nosy. (laughs) That's like your gossip area. And it's not because I want to hear about the nitty gritty bad. I want to hear what are the things that are your pain points? What are the things that I could help with? And listening to what you told me is your problem and what your problem actually is, you know, Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what are those two things connected. I don't have a good analogy for that right now. I'm, I'm desperately searching my mind and I can't think of it. (laughs) of course when i'm no longer on the cast but it's trying to figure out if you need water or something and this is totally me making this up off the top of my head and is it an access to water problem or is it that you don't have it in your car or is it not cold is it not the right time like what what is actually the problem is one of those things and then i have friends who really enjoy the design part and then my special sweet spot personally would be facilitating So it's, I think, looking at all of the aspects of instructional design and looking at your background and how are they connected. So someone who's a history person may say, I I have no idea how to do this, but you you do research. And research is very much part of being an instructional designer. I end up working with clients where you don't know what you're talking about. 
I worked with someone who's in the medical field, you're, you're throwing things at me that are abbreviations and other stuff that seem very simple for you. So you have to read some of that stuff to understand how to translate that into a language that they understand. Because every industry has its own lexicon. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where knowing those things, understanding that marketing has one way to say it, your business folks have a different way to say it. It's the same thing, mm -hmm. but making sure that you use the right term with the right group of people and just having that understanding. So I think a broad spectrum of things is, is certainly a way to, to be good at instructional design. And if you, you yourself can't experience those things, talk to people who have. Right. When in doubt, reach out to someone. Right. I like that. <laughs> when in doubt, reach out. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, what kind of resources would you recommend someone trying to get started on their, on their journey to instructional design? Well, it's interesting. So my journey started because I went to school. So mm -hmm. I, I made a choice and I understand that that's not everybody's choice, whether that be a boot camp or just reading or understanding, finding out, as my friend would say, look at the resources that people, at the resources that you had. That, and it, it just blew my mind when she said that. I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, well, that's what you would naturally do. And I'm like, never thought about it. But I would say, look at some of those resources and see how they can help you network with people. And I think also just start creating courses, start creating courses for your friends. They don't have to be anything crazy. If you want to organize a why night, that sounds ridiculous. But thinking about how you're going to test the wine and the cheese, how it's paired, how you're going to evaluate that, that's instructional design in a weird way. I mean, obviously not quite exactly, but start to think how those pieces all fit together. What is the problem? How do I solve that problem? What do I need people to change? How do I evaluate that change where they are? Like what's the baseline right now and where I want them to go? And then what is the way that I can get them to do that without boring them? Because that's important too. You want them to feel engaged. You want them to walk into the door and feel very comfortable. Uh, you know, it's a big thing for me. And you want them to pay attention and you want them not to look at their phone. That's one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten in, in a training was I didn't look at my phone once. And I That's thought high ah. praise. <laughs> that is high praise. With everyone always looking at their phones these days. Pretty impressive. Right. And I thought, ah, that, that's some good stuff. And if you can get someone not to look at their phone or encourage them to look at a phone at a specific time, if you're going to touch it, you're going to be touching it because I asked you to, right. not because you wanted to see who messaged you or what's going on on Instagram, or if you're cooler than I am, TikTok. But that's... <laughs> and that's, that's beyond my scope. I'm too old for that. I, I, yeah, I laugh at stuff that's... Uh, it comments that I don't look at things on TikTok. I look at it on Instagram reels and to find out about something from like three weeks ago, that's my age range. I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable with who I am. Agreed. Agreed. I, this is a sweet spot. I'm good yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask you a question. This All is right. going to be really silly. Let's go for it. Silly, silly, silly time. Creativity. Yep. Yes, creativity. I have a six-year-old in my life. I will channel her. Oh, Okay. Six-year-old. Hmm. <laughs> if, I'm not six, but go ahead. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. If your favorite candy mm -hmm. could make a noise, what would it be? Squish. Easy. Squish. Yeah. And I, I like gummies, so that's that is <laughs> what I think of as I eat them as squish. So I think they would like to make it as they get eaten, which is terrible. <laughs> or as they move away from you because you're squeezing them, it's just 
if you want to or say so it could vary in terms of the way you say squish squish actually better than squish that's a little squish. bit more fun squish squish, squish. Fun is funner i like yeah. that <laughs> funner, funner. Mm. yeah mm. yeah that's all right that's creativity right there more fun this is oh not an goodness. english podcast you're fine thank you thank you for that mm. <laughs> all right monique well this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Would you like to share any of your socials where people could reach out to you? You can definitely find me on LinkedIn. I think it's linkedin.in slash Paul. It's my initials or my first initial last name. Sorry, that's way- M. St. Paul. It's really not that hard. Monique St. Paul, I'm in the New York area. I think it says, I don't think it specifically says connecticut but i'm around if you need to find me <laughs> <laughs> yes it is i'm looking at my sheet of paper it's m st paul yeah m s t p a u l no periods or underscores for those people who know how to spell my last name <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is so, the struggle the struggle of st paul is yeah anyone who has a space or a period in your last name i i call out to you because i understand the pain of just using your social for most things because you're they're never who spelled it i don't know it's just it's well, a bad experience is when you have uh creating usernames and they're asking you to enter your last name or any name that you have and there's don't, a period or a space don't get oh. me started special characters are not allowed and i'm like this is my last name it's not a special character <laughs> you're, you're rude but that's okay <laughs> rude i like that it is rude well it is rude and it's just good old bad design but it's also a way for someone to walk away and in marketing mm-hmm. words you don't want someone to abandon cart and you don't want someone to abandon your training experience and anything you can do to make them stay is what you're trying to do the ease of it is the importance of it exactly that's a great thing to end on thank you so much again for your time it's been a pleasure thank you for <laughs> thank you for chatting with me i really appreciate it and i hope instructional designers out there learn something from this and naturally please reach out to me on linkedin I told you to network. I'm happy to share my network with you, get you in contact with people. Just talk. People are happy to do it. Thanks again. Thank you. Have Bye. a great one. Well, that was a very informative interview, and I feel like I got a better grasp as far as what an instructional designer does. And also, I was very surprised to see how her marketing background helped her become a better UX designer and then lead to instructional design. Yeah, it's, you know, as we've learned so far, it doesn't really matter what your background is, that everyone can contribute and be part of this field and succeed and create a great product for their end user. Right. And I think also the other takeaway is how the different careers that you've had, you are able to kind of reuse some of those elements to help you over to this new field that you're in. Absolutely. Everything, everything informs the choices you're going to make in the future from your past. So having that wealth of knowledge, having that experience is only going to make you stronger. It's only going to make you better. So yeah, this was a great interview. I'm glad I got to Talk to my friend. Yeah, and she was a pleasure. Well, this wraps up episode four of season three, Different Paths, One User Experience, where we'll bring in different experts from various roles that contribute to the user experience. Before we leave you, I would like to invite you to visit us on our website at hellounx.design 
and find all of our social media links to follow us, like us, and leave us reviews. And also check us out on our YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe. If you would like to cover us a specific topic or you're designed to give us feedback, send us a message via our social media channels or send us an email to info at hellouxdesign. I'll repeat, info at hellouxdesign. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast available on all major streaming platforms. Hey, you like what you hear? Then show us some love by becoming a sustainer. This will allow us to continue to bring you the content you're looking for and treat us to a cafecito. Just a reminder, this is our last episode until September. We'll be taking the summer off. I hope you will be enjoying yourselves and whatever you'll be doing. See you in September. And now a shout out to our sponsor, Overflow Digital. Overflow Digital, a digital agency specializing in all your professional website needs. We aim to create dynamic websites that will positively impact your business, meeting you at the crossroads of data, design, Marcom, and UX. Before we leave, we would like to leave you with this quote. I feel like looking into Monique's path into instructional design and just like the other guests that we've had throughout the season. And for those that are thinking about pivoting, sometimes it is a risk because you don't know what's on the other side. And so I feel like this quote speaks into that and hopefully it'll give someone motivation. If the risk is fully aligned with your purpose and mission, then it's worth considering by Peter Yamandi. That's fantastic. I, with a great risk comes great reward. I mean, it's yeah. so scary to put yourself out there and to try something new and different, mm-hmm. or even if it's not completely different, it's still scary. But right. I think both you and I and many of our guests are proof that it's it's worth it. It's scary, but it's worth it. Yeah. All right, Hellodies, we'll have a good break, just like we are. And we will see you back in the fall. See you in September. Bye-bye.